0: I have a quick question. What is the orgasm gap and why is it important to you? Well, She Comes First is a fun and informative sexual health podcast hosted by Dr. Nick Myers, which is now available on mobile podcast players everywhere. Topics include sex tips, building intimacy, and sexual health. Simply search for She Comes First and look for the rose. And remember...
1: Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online...
0: If you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me. Go to your phone right now. Click on Instagram and follow me at Strict Anonymous. Same shit on Twitter at Strict Anonymous. If you're listening on a podcast app, make sure to subscribe to my channel as well as hit five star review if you love my show. As well as if you're listening on YouTube, make sure... To subscribe to my show, like and share my videos, and comment on them. I love the conversations that go on about my episodes over there. Most of the time the people who are on the show are reading them. Sometimes they don't reply, but trust me, they're always reading them. (laughs) So if you want to get in on the conversation and talk about my guests and the episode, go to YouTube if you're not if you haven't yet and subscribe to my show. It's strictly anonymous podcast over there as well. If you want to be on the show, I'm always looking for people to call in. You can send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on Be On The Show. If you have a naughty confession or any kind of confession that you want to leave you don't want to be on the show, I still change all the voices there. I also change the voices for everybody on my show too, so always remember. That's why it's called Strictly Anonymous. Nobody will know who the fuck you are. But if you want to leave a message on my 247 anonymous confessions hotline. <laughs> you can call in the number 347 420 3579. 347 420 3579. The number to the confessions hotline, as well as the email to be on the show, is all in the description. If you want to join my Patreon, go over there. I give anonymous pics of my guests as well as these episodes ad-free and early and you get all the anonymous confessions that are coming in they are rolling in like i have too many to i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do with them i just have so many of them i can't even tell you but i've been airing them over on my patreon it's five dollars a month you could sign in anytime you could sign out anytime it's to patreon.com that link is in the description too Okay, now let's talk about Steve or Steven. I forget what I named him or what he named himself. He called in today. Uh, he is he uses the word sex addict. He believes he's a sex addict. Uh, he's done all kinds of crazy things. I mean, before, you know, he did all kinds of crazy things when he cheated on his wife behind her back, but he was doing crazy things before he even got married to his wife. He was acting out because he had hardcore things happen to him when he was younger. He knows what happened to him when he was younger. It was sexual abuse. He talks about that. You'll be horrified when you hear about who abused him and what went down. He talks about how that affected his life. He talks about all the kinds of crazy scenarios he got involved with because he was addicted. I mean, this was a guy that, you know, sex was his drug. So any way he could get off he would get off. So whether you were a guy or a girl, whether you were someone he knew or not, whether he knew you for two minutes or two hours or two years, he might fuck you because he was just looking to have SEX. That was his addiction. That was his drug of choice. He talks about some crazy scenarios that he did, how he had his first guy-on-guy experience, the erotic massages he went and had done, the hand job he got on airplanes, the Neighbors he fucked, the receptionists he knew for one second that he fucked and where he fucked her and why she fucked him and (laughs) all that kind of good stuff as well as all the stuff about, you know, how he realized he was a sex addict, how he got caught. He eventually got caught and that's how he got, quote, unquote, sober, Uh, you know, and he then relapsed and hit rock bottom and then really got into some hardcore counseling and some interesting kinds of therapies that really helped him. And he talks about all of that this is a great episode uh for anyone that thinks they know a sex addict for anyone thinks that they're with a sex addict or for anyone who is maybe thinking they're a sex addict or anyone that just likes human nature this is the stuff i like these are the kind of episodes i love uh so i'm gonna get right to it and be right back on with steven this
1: is the strictly anonymous podcast
0: Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today?
2: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good, so I kinda know a lot a little about you. I don't know. you know the story is always different. You emailed me a lot, but I would say the short story is that you i mean you claim that and these are your words that you have a sexual addiction you have and you did have a lot of trauma when you were younger. Uh, I would we always go back to that kind of stuff To me I always do if somebody has any kind of addiction issues and in the middle of that, you know in the middle in the beginning you were taken advantage of by many people when you were very young and you have been diagnosed with a lot of issues now as an older person and in between you have done a lot of crazy things like you definitely acted out sexually which makes sense with your backstory because i know it but why don't we i don't know where you want to start let me know if i'm telling your story correctly well
2: so far everything you said is accurate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything is definitely uh, direct and, and to the point. So yes, everything you have said so far is completely accurate.
0: But let's start, so, and now are you still married to the wife? Because what I was under the impression by your email is that you have done, I mean, because you did act out sexually, there's a lot of things you did before you got married, we could get into that stuff, but the stuff that you did when you were married, I mean, you were basic, and I'm assuming you did the stuff when you were married, like, I mean, you fucked men, you fucked women, you got massages, you would get off on anybody that you could, and... I was under the assumption by what you told me in your emails that you ha- you did get caught. So I'm wondering, are you still with the wife that you yes. got? Okay. Okay. So you were able yeah. to work through all that. That is correct. That's great. You're lucky. How did you get caught?
2: The the, the beginning of, of getting caught was I was in a, um, I guess you could call it an electronic uh, affair with somebody mm-hmm. uh, from where I grew up. And it was video, uh, you know, video phone kind of stuff. And one day she, I guess, broke down to her husband and, and confessed. And uh, and I was actually good friends with her, with her husband.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: They live in another state. So he, they called. And she kept calling me and I wasn't answering. And she said, please pick up the phone so i I went outside to the to the grill I was making dinner, and when I called, he answered and i I knew right then in fact, I had an inclination that's what had happened, and it's what probably why I didn't answer and he told me that he knew, and he was going to Kill allow him. me well no 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 he was <laughs> very, he was very calm yeah, yeah no he was very <laughs> calm about it yeah he he respected me, and he said it because keep in mind to most people it was it, it's almost like a I was a different person. The, the, the actions and attitudes I took never related to my public persona that people knew me as. Yeah. So he, he only knew me as this other way. So he's like, you know, I know who, how you are and, and the gentleman you are, you know, and I'll allow you to come clean to your to your wife. He said, but you need to tell her uh, before I do. Mhm. He said, I'm going to talk to her later. He said that I'll let you talk to her first. I weaved a tale to try it, to admit enough, but to stay out of it enough. And things were okay, things were a little tense. I, I, I had told her, I got myself in a little over my head, helping them with some of their, their issues. You know, this is what had happened. And she's, she seemed okay about it. And then the next day I'm at work, she calls me and she says, you can find yourself a new place to live. She had gone through the computers and, and had tried to scrub my uh, my social uh, media footprint, and had had found a lot—not everything—but had found a lot, and uh, enough to to uh, convince her that that this was not a isolated incident.
0: Right, which a lot of times it's not. I mean, sometimes it is if it's an affair and it sometimes shit happens, you know, but this mm-hmm. was, you were like a serial cheater. You weren't, it wasn't just with that woman and it, it mm-hmm. was with men too. So like, did she find any kind, did she find that stuff as well? Did she know that you had hooked up with guys as well behind her back?
2: No, it's, as far as I know to this day, she never has.
0: Right. Because I think that would have been harder for her to get over. I mean, it's hard I, enough, I think, right? Yeah. But that yeah. would have been a whole other thing because I think right. you know if you find out your guy is cheating on you with guys you're like oh my god do you are are you gay are you bisexual like you know or, and then maybe the woman will feel like oh my god you know he he wants something that I could never give him so how is he ever going to be satisfied let me ask right. you this since you've been caught have mm-hmm. you been with guys because that is you know that statement is true if you like a dick every now and then and your husband your wife can't give it to you you know is that something mm-hmm. that you still crave Is it something that you still do or is it something that you're fine living without?
2: Well, I I, I think the the best thing is to to clarify the actions that that go along with that. Yeah, it's not a matter of wanting wanting a dick or wanting men. It actually is my actions and everything I've done. were all about it is selfishly about my getting pleasure. Yeah. You know, it it was an extension of, of, uh, of masturbation, if you will. Mm -hmm. Basically, basically in the beginning, what happened was, yeah, there was some, some curiosity. And like I had a, like I had written to you, you know, when I was curious and I, I convinced that, that guy to, you know, I I baited him along until he would do something, you know, for me. It, It was, it's a matter of getting off. You know, I always have a, I always, but I used to have a theory that I would tell people. I said, I don't care who's on their knees in front of me as long as I as long as it's safe and happy and I get off. I don't care right. whose mm-hmm. hands or who, whose mouth it is. Right, I get so, it. So so that was the, the convenience, if you will. Yeah, you that know, makes sense. Um, you know, if I sat there and I was, you know, I was horny and I could get a massage, but it had to be from a guy. Well, fine, I'll let mm-hmm. I'll let him jerk I'll let him jerk me off. It wasn't a matter of wanting something uh you know i've always any of the guys that i've ever interacted with it's either been you know oral or hands on their part you know i i, I experimented orally with them a little bit but um i was open if anything i would uh, i would top them yes there were a couple of guys that i fucked but it never um, on the receiving end i um my my interest in that was purely you know if i was to receive would be from a a woman with a strap on yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, there was one that her and I had, it, had we had been uh, together, if you will, you know, on on the on the side for, for years. Uh-huh. And that was some that was actually something we had explored doing. But when you're when you're doing these these slow coy visits on the side, you know, uh, screwing in cars or. You know, behind a building or yeah. up against a tree, <laughs> setting setting up an elaborate plan for her to put a strap on and, and trying it is not exactly going to happen in, yeah. you know, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in, a, in a Walmart parking lot, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. so.
0: So yeah, so like if set, it's kind of like sex is your drug and you're just gonna, and you need to get high, and you so you just need to get fucking high, right? It doesn't matter where you're getting it from, kind of thing. It's really not, Correct. like you said, the person. It's like what you're taking from it. And it's if you're an addict, like I said, that's your drug. And you're desperate for it because you yeah. need it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It wasn't about, it, it, it was definitely never about relationships. Mm-hmm. It was always about about opportunity i mean a great example is i was in in a building that had a receptionist at the desk i was going because i needed to to get some work done of course i had no idea where i was going or or what i was doing in in the building got to the front desk and and tried to do the the sly small talk of hey i don't know where i'm going can you help me you know and 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 being smiley in this and then so this this receptionist said well you know I know where to go I'll, I'll take you up to that floor where we you know there was obviously some flirting and, and stuff going on and uh, not a long story but uh, short at um at, at noon I drove back around and I picked her up and we went to a shopping center parking lot and oh, I had her bent over the back seat at yeah, back in to the, the back seat of my car, and I fucked a hell of her, and I didn't even know her last name. Hell, I'm not even sure I knew her first name at the time.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, like a truck's like, like, you know, how did you guys both spot each other out that you were both, because a- mm-hmm. that's like pretty hardcore, you know, kind of, especially for both of you, you know, to just yeah. not mm-hmm. even know each other in a work environment. There's a lot of things like, you know, that doesn't happen often, not in that no. quick of a turnaround, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. For but either person, the, yeah, mm-hmm. right? But but for me, I I didn't I didn't know her. I didn't want anything you know from her other than to to get off. I'm like, hey, this this could be fun.
0: her too. I'm sure uh, that was her yeah, mo yeah. as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, obviously. And I I would venture to guess that I I was not the first person to walk through the door that's that's had that experience.
0: <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, she had yeah. her own things, you know. But that's like yeah. two. Yeah. Like I said, like attracts like. That's two people that are the type that would you know just like click into you know and get horny for that and Mm -hmm. smell that person from a mile away like you both knew without even knowing you know i mean that's like Mm -hmm. that's like i said that fast turnaround is that's that unspoken stuff that goes down i really believe Um, So let's just go. So now let me just ask you this quick uh, like ending of the story. And then I want to go back. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you now? If you're like a, you know, an addict and you know that you have this addiction, are you clean, quote unquote, sober? Are you past it? Are you still acting out? I mean, do you have a grip on it?
2: I'm probably right now about three, four years now. It, sober on me, on the acting out. I, uh, I you know, the, the thoughts are still there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The uh, the desires are still there. There are times where, you know, they get, they get greater than others. There are times when I just, you know, I, I struggle, you know, daily, you know, I, I can be out and I'm like, you know, this, this would be so easy to, uh, to, to do. I, I would have to really think back to when the last time I uh, I acted out was to to be with somebody you know and and that's the thing it's not about not thinking about it it's about okay if it does come up what do you do to prevent it what do you do to not give in
0: yeah but i what also you- find as a non-drinker and i'm sober like 18 years at this point mm-hmm. i never i i literally i never go to that place i i will never imagine what it's like to be drunk i just i don't know because there's something about that that i feel like that part of my brain would take that and run so i in a weird way i just don't ever let my attention go there so i do think and that's why aa couldn't work for me only because talking about not drinking all the time would just keep me in that part of my brain where this stuff exists. And so to me, it was much better to just be completely out of it and not go there and not think about it. I think that sometimes that's like worse for certain kinds of people. I mean, everything works mm. for different kinds of people. That's how I mind fuck myself. I, never, I do think not thinking about it works or just not going and imagining things those kinds of scenarios does help. I'm because I do think you know thoughts you know take you places, it's
2: yeah, no, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think part of the problem is it's such a a prevalent throw in in society. I mean, you you can't you can't turn on the TV. you can't read something hell. You can't even drive down the street and not have a sexual image thrown in front of you in some capacity yes uh, the the other problem for me is you have that sex still well well that too yep. and, yes and uh and i see the places where things happened i get in a car and i and i'm going here or i walk there I'm, I'm going somewhere and i'm like you know and a lot of times it, it's a guilt ridden thing i'll drive by and i'm like yep i was with so i was with that person in, in that cul-de-sac or Hey, I know that stairwell, or I know that parking lot, or I know that tree, you know.
0: Do you have a number?
2: Well over 100. Right. I think one time I actually tried to make, to to come up with a number, and I wanted to say it was like 150, 175. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I think I had stopped counting at that point.
0: Now, when your wife found out, did she find out, like, that kind of scope of things or did she just find out about a couple people or did she just it was it opening up pandora's box
2: the she found out about a couple of people and certain things and i you know there were definitely things i had to you know definitely come clean about for example we had been given items you know as as hand-me-downs among you know either you know friends or neighbors do when they're done using them and so we had been getting these from, from a woman. Uh, but as my wife said, I didn't realize that they came with a, uh, that came with a baggage or restriction that she gave us this and you fucked her, um, uh, repeatedly. So there were things like that, that I had to, had to come clean about, but to the, to the scope and the extent of what I did and what I've done, no. During counseling, and and therapy when we were together in them there was some you know to some extent i mean the the backstories my my traumas and all that she definitely is aware of in fact she she was aware of most of them before we got married but like i said to the to the horrid horrid extent no
0: Right. So when did you, but you started acting out way before her and that's how she, so she knew about some of those things beforehand. So why don't we go, I mean, do you want to tell some things that you did, like the crazier things? And then we could actually also talk about, I'm sure it's going to eventually go back to the stuff that happened to you when you were younger, or maybe we should just go there now.
2: Well, why don't, why don't we go there now and set the, kind of set the tone. Yeah. I I was sexually abused the first time uh, by my, by my sister. Um um parents had, had gone out. know, this was the the the, uh, the early eighties, you know, very early, and, and you know, parents left kids at home all the time and, and you know, with, with babysitters that like were relatives. I remember being called down the hall one day to her room and she was in her room laying naked on her bed and she told me to come in, get undressed and told me to start you know, doing things to her and um you know as a you know, I'm like, well, she's, you know, and my brother as well. She's called us both in there. And He's uh, a couple years older than me, and and, and we kind of kind of looked at each other, and I said, well, you know, she's she's our sister. She's not gonna tell us to do things we shouldn't do,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and, and, yeah. and um, you know, and and so here I find myself as you know, as a as a single-digit-age child, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, being being told to go down on my sister. You know, she said she what, what she wanted. So that went on for a while and my brother had, had stopped and he said, hey, this isn't right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it, And I don't really know how long it went on for it. It's completely blocked out yeah. in, in my mind. But he had, he had stopped and I continued because, again, I didn't know that what we were doing was wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so.
0: Were you younger than your brother or was he older? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah my, my sister is about 10 years older my brother's about three years older okay so uh, and it, it continued for a while I don't know how it stopped I don't really remember yeah so then move a couple of years later and then it became my brother's turn to to abuse me um, I, I remember him coming in and saying hey you know we we, we should do this you know and the mm-hmm. uh, yeah next thing I know he, he's Know, got his pants off and he's, he's like, Hey, you know, cause he "Hey, just, just, you know, you know, they, you know, kind of, you know, dress like me and, and, and all that. And so, but I remember stopping him pretty quick. I, I, at the time I'm like, this, this isn't right. No, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I just, I don't understand. But Nick, you know, so at that point, you know, I've already been abused twice and I'm finally getting into the age of you know, my own curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. this is back in the days of the Victoria's Secret catalogs. that's right, all like you media, had. And print, yes, yeah. and, print media. and my father's, my father had a, uh, gosh, he had a, a, a porn collection from the 70s that, you know, that was in the attic, you know, of, of, of Playboys from, from the 70s that mm-hmm. were, you know, and so that was what we did. We would have in the attic and we'd look at them and find them and I would, you know, get hard, not understand it at the time. And finally, once I did finally understand it, that, that getting hard was uh, was fun, you know, um, I can still tell you my the first time I ever got off was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue to Heather Locklear in a pink bikini. And mm-hmm. I was grinding myself on my mattress until I, you know, came in my pants, you yeah. know. And, but then at that point, it was any time Somebody wasn't home. I was I was sneaking a look at porn. I was, you know, getting my dad's videos. I was going up in the attic. I was finding you know, this playboys and this and that. So I I figured you know, this, this was normal. You know, you, that that's what sex was. It was people that just, you know, slammed each other, grunted really hard, shot all over, and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, but and then so and, and, uh, and like I had mentioned in my email, you know, I never really had a girlfriend. I was always the the friend or this and that. And I think I was. I was drug along just to to, to be useful, and uh, so and not a lot of experience, not a lot of attention. And then I went to a, a summer camp where I was like a junior counselor for uh, for inner city kids, and so I was a, I was a help I was helping out. Mm-hmm. So they they put all these kids together, and while I had been there that week, I remember the, she was a college student. She went to Brown. You know, she would always kind of you know, give me a hug every day and flirt and this and that. I'm like thinking that I'm I'm the man. Here I am. I think I was uh, I was 14. You know, I'm I'm getting this attention. I'm strutting around. I think I'm cool. And so while we're on an overnight camping trip and these kids are trying to figure out how to make dinner and make a fire, she called me over to her tent and and this is going to sound horrible, but she had cookies. You know, so here I get lured to a tent with, with cookies. <laughs> yeah. And and um. How old are you and, again? Fourteen Okay. at the time. Yeah. yeah. So next thing I know, I I wake up and I notice it was kind of weird. I noticed first I noticed this was my uh, my pocket knife was on the floor of the tent I'm laying on my back on the floor of the tent and uh, stuff's out of my pocket. And then I look down and my uh, my pants are undone. My fly is down. My belt buckle's undone. You know, I'm I'm dressed. You know, my clothes are pulled up, but definitely not as they were when I first went in there and she is not in the tent what do you mean she, I'm alone in the tent she had, she was not there right so this this I had fallen asleep and I assume in her right, right in she and right where she left yeah. she's not there yeah. yeah so I don't remember anything after going into the tent and seeing her and starting to yeah. have small talk and then I wake up with my yeah yeah my yeah. pants my pants open.
0: Yeah, you probably learned how to, you know, fucking check out after all that stuff that happened to you. You know, you probably just knew how to disconnect at and, that and point because you had I, been yeah. abused so much before already. And,
2: yeah, and I think I think you're exactly right, into about just being checked out, because then fast forward to to high school, still not seeing anybody, not really you know, always being the friend, and not for lack of trying. I mean, I like you know there are girls I liked, and I would yeah. tell them and get shot down and, and then so you know i had you know there's always and i back in the time it was the the rock chicks in my day she had you know chain jacket big hair this and that and uh we were friends you know and um we were, we were kind of flirty and it was to the point where she needed a ride to work and i was i could drive and it was just happened to be wednesdays and uh so we were hanging out and i told her i'd give her a ride to school or a ride to work and we we stopped somewhere, and she said, "I'." Oh, she said, "Well, what do you want?" So and I knew what she was saying, so I just pulled my dick out and she says, she goes, "Yeah how'd I know." And she just you know went to town sucking me off in the car. And so that became a routine. And it wasn't we weren't attached or anything. It was just every Wednesday I'd drive her to work, and she'd blow me, you know, in the parking lot, you know it was gas money, if you will. you know she 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 didn't mind, I definitely didn't mind. You know, so that that was how my, my senior year of high school went. Right. You know, and, and and that really started the the awakening, if you will. I think at that point I decided, you know, I can be you know, it's it's enough of, of doing things for other people and being a nice guy. You know, I'm I'm gonna do what I want to make myself feel good.
0: Right. Or you felt like it was enough of doing that. Now you wanted to take control and, and do it for yourself is what you're saying?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think it was enough of, of being the nice guy, of being yeah. taken advantage of both obviously sexually and emotionally. Yeah. No, I think I, that
0: there's a lot of control things that happen when you are not in control of yourself when you're younger and being abused. So therefore I think a lot of acting out sexually is just that it's taking back the control and saying, Hey, I'm going to do this myself. Like now I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm in control of this, you know, but then, you know, it's a vicious cycle because you do wind up hurting yourself. Cause when you're acting out sexually, it's, it's, you're working through that kind of trauma and you're not really being kind to yourself. But we don't know that at first, you know, that takes a long time to figure out.
2: Yeah, it, exactly. It's the, it's the cyclical, um, addiction, Yeah. You know, the, the addiction, you know, pattern, Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I did not, it, it didn't matter to me. And obviously I was, I was undiagnosed with, with depression yeah. from, from what was going on. And I I knew that I had depression. I had, you know, bouts of it, but I didn't, you know, obviously I didn't get taken care of. My parents mm-hmm. either didn't, didn't know or, or were, you know, oblivious to how it was going. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they, not that they were, you know, they were wrong or or malicious. I mean, they were wonderful people. Yeah. You know, I don't, so it's think they, they realized it. So, like I said, that, that really started, started the adventures. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got in, I was going to a community college, so I was sticking around and I was, um, I was doing work study on campus. I was in uh, a martial arts club. So there was never a lack of, of, uh, of new people to meet. Right. And I mean, I, you know, there were some that, that I would, as, as my wife had called it, when we would, you know, once I had been found out, she would call it hunting, you know, <laughs> as I was, you know, hunting for women, yeah. and that was the thing, I mean, it was, you know, let's call it what it is, it was hunting, and they were they were prey, Yeah, and, you know, I, I uh, like I said, I did a work study on campus, and there were girls that came into where I worked, and, you know, within a week, I would be coming in early to fuck them, I was in a, a martial arts club, and it just happened to be the ratio of five girls to two guys, and, but and I think I mentioned in my email by the end of the the first year I went through each and every girl in that martial arts club, right. and and they seemed to know and didn't care, but I I fucked every single one of them. Right. And and the thing is, I really I didn't have a a, a type. I didn't have anybody that I was searching for. It was just a willing participant to make me get off.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and, and and I'm sure that. Most times it was about, you know, I got mine and they didn't get theirs. I'm, you know, it's it as horrible as that sounds. You know, nowadays, you know, it was like I said at the time, it was all about me yeah and and how, and how I wanted to feel. So then, you know, then it, uh, you know, it, it you know, and I, I occasionally would stop for a while. And, and I was never not focused on trying to have a relationship or have a, uh, a decent life, but it was kind of two sided. You know, there was my normal nice person life and wanting to find someone to be in a relationship with. But then there was that other dark monster side that that was just, you know, it was just, you know, a a raging hard-on looking to get off. Right. And that was what led to the the first male experience. You know, I was was curious. You know, I knew people that were were gay. I knew people that were were bisexual and uh, didn't really... It wasn't really a, a a draw. I mean, I wasn't one of these that said, "Ooh, I, I want to try a dick." You know, I, I want one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I was curious, so I contacted. Me, and of course, these were fledgling back in the day. It was the the, the lesbian and, and bi gay alliance on on campus. So I, I made <laughs> I actually reached out to their their president and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm curious. What, what what's all this bisexual stuff about? You know, I, I don't understand how this." how this works. If, Hilarious. You know, and, and,
0: you know which, which, you
2: know, honestly, in a way, I didn't. I mean, I, you know, it definitely was not a subject that,
0: uh, No, but, but you were going there because, you, yeah, that, but that was your pickup yeah. line.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, at the end of it, you're right. And then, so, so the correspondence went went back and forth for a while. And then, while well, he said that this was, they were not a, a, a dating service, you know, per se, he would, he would help me to try to understand it. And then, and I knew that, that I had. It baited him a little bit, and finally, one day, we were in a, in a computer lab, and just I didn't know he was there. I was there, too. We were chatting on, on the computer, and, and he had asked had I um, made any progress with my curiosity. And I said, no, not yet. I said, I'm, I'm still looking. And, and he said, well, I think I can help you with that. And he told me to meet him over at a, another building um on uh, the the basement level he said there's a handicapped bathroom meet me over there so i walked across campus i went into that room and uh got in the bathroom shut the door locked it and it was one of these things where at that point i was now the, the the one going for a whirlwind because he just pushed me up against the door yanked my pants down and just went to town right. Sucking, sucking me off. And I, and I'll admit it was, it was a, it was awesome. It was, it was a great blow job. It really was. And, uh, you know, and of course when I got done, I, I immediately fled and <laughs> fled the building. Uh, I was like, you know, that, that was pretty good. I said, that could definitely be an option for me. Right. You know, if I can't, if I can't find a, a willing female participant, I am sure that, um, that I can find a guy that'll be willing to do this for me.
0: Yeah. So now your pool just gets even larger. I mean, mm-hmm. now you—it's yeah. easier for you to get what you need.
2: Yeah. Now, now, now I now I've got uh, multiple outlets. Yeah. Smart. So that that continued that kind of mentality, that kind of action continued for uh, for a while. But like you said, the the times when things would start to cause problems started started to arise. I had a very good friend at the time he was, he was dating this girl. She, we were in the same school. He wasn't there, but she was. And uh, she would come by and say, hi, we were friends, but I, I noticed that she was a little flirty and I'll admit, I kind of had that little tinge of attraction to her. And of course the respectful side knew it was bad. So don't even go there. Don't even think about it. Well, she kept coming around and, you know the hugs got longer and this and that and one day she would she came by to talk to me and I just could not look at her and she kept you know and, and literally I mean you can imagine almost look like boxers dancing she would be in front of me I would look down and she says why are you looking at me and I told her because just you you should go you should go and 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 of course it didn't and finally she (laughs) did we we, we (laughs) started we started yeah we started making out yeah you know and you know we we never we never fucked, but we you know but uh eventually he found out
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know i think she told him or something i don't know so that was the beginning of the end of of that friendship now there, there were a lot of other issues on the side he it you know he he was it, the, the friendship was distancing itself long before that but this was just the, uh, the this was the bomb that really set everything else in motion to to end the friendship but it was really a shame because we had been friends for probably 20 years mhm that's a uh,
0: problem with addiction you know and it it mm-hmm. really can fuck up your world you know i mean y- y- it's just uh you could leave a lot of stuff behind. It could ruin a lot mm-hmm. of relationships. I mean, you're lucky that you're still with your wife. I was wondering really quick, what happened with the the woman that you were having the affair, that you knew, like the online affair with her husband? Are they still together and are you still friends with them or is that a done deal?
2: We, we are not friends anymore. Um, we, After we don't that, cor- yeah. No, we don't correspond. As far as I know, um, every once in a while, I, I catch a glimpse of them through social media as far as I know they are still together.
0: Right, so they made it through too and you made it through. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go back. So you eventually meet your wife and all of this mm-hmm. and you guys get married. Correct. And how soon after you're married, I think like right before you're married, you're like fucking people, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm cheating. Oh yeah.
2: Oh, I, 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 well, still was because what happened was I actually moved states to be with her i was in a different state we were dating long distance and uh i moved down to to make a go at it if you will you know go with the relationship of course during the the time of dating and and flying back and forth i made friends with some of her friends and family friends down here and in fact it started a a flirtation already with one of them and when i moved down here to uh to, to make a go with the relationship. Within three days, one of those friends was over at, at our house while my wife, a girlfriend at the time, was at work, and you know, we started our fucking relationship.
0: Oh, my goodness. You
2: know, I, I mean, a, she, she came. What yeah. a
0: terrible friend.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, you know, and, and that was a thing. She was a family friend, and, and so here she is. You know, well he, he just moved here and doesn't know anybody, so I'll go over and say hi, you know. And, yeah. You know, said hi with every coal in our body and everything else. But it wasn't just that. I mean I um you know, I, I ended up screwing two of our neighbors, the cul de sac we lived on. Um, and then I, I started looking around for new people. I mean I had just moved here. I didn't I didn't know anybody. Yeah. You know, and, and that's really when I um when I found the whole um, erotic massage culture if you will they um it, it was it was pretty it, it, it was was pretty rampant in the area i live in a lot of individual people were were doing them they were listed on craigslist and you know and, and aol you know at the time you could look up you know people and um in fact when i was at the point where i couldn't find any females i found a a male masseuse that i could i knew judging by their website was was gay and i baited him the same way I dated that guy in college mm-hmm. and uh, so I went and got a erotic massage and blowjob at the end and that started actually a, a friendship with that person and a almost I would say you know twice monthly visit you know for a massage and, and a you know in some form of release and then Every once in a while, just on a friendship level, I'd stay, stop by and hang out and get off or, you know, it eventually led to me fucking him, you know, and then, of course, still finding other women, whether at work or casually, you know, hell, I think I picked up somebody in the line at Subway one day, (laughs) you know, Yeah. so.
0: Did you use condoms were you like and and if you didn't did you ever get any kind of s t d like were you and I would assume you'd be paranoid about that at, at on some level or no or were you the, safe?
2: The, the first the first time with everybody was always always protected yeah but but then if if i and but keep in mind most times a lot of them were were one and done, but any of them that i um
0: continued.
2: Yeah, continued. If you want to call it a relationship, you if you want to. Uh, yeah. Which they, um, now one usually the first or second time I didn't.
0: Right, and did you ever catch anything?
2: Nope, nope. And I and I got tested, you know, you know, uh, often, you know, on on my own and and everything just to be sure. But no, I never did.
0: Right. So okay. So keep going. So you're like you know you're you're not even married yet. At this point, right? You're doing all this. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And then you get married yeah. and it just continues. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long were you married? You know, how long of a span mm-hmm. of time? I mean, how old are you now and how long ago did you get caught?
2: Yeah, I'm going to be 45. Let's see. I got caught uh, 10 years ago. Okay. So it, it went on. Gosh, it, it went on for probably 10 years. Right. 10 years of, of, of living together.
0: Hmm. I mean, the whole time because you're doing it before, you're doing it during.
2: It it continued before, during, and, and then after. And um, you know, it, and it was yeah. And it wasn't all the time. I mean, it wasn't. Hmm, let me wake up and do this today. There were times where I would go. Yeah. I would try to. I knew it was wrong, so there were times where I tried to convince myself to stop. You know, and, and try to stop, yeah. and, and maybe had been successful for six weeks maybe maybe three months or whatever and then eventually it would it would mm-hmm. come back to it but i i always thought oh i i don't need any help i can do this on my own you know and, and it never did yeah. you know and it never stopped and, and like like i said you know it it got even more brazen i uh it, it, whether it was in public whether it was with people that that i knew people that i, I yeah. shouldn't have been i mean the, the neighbors next door were having a house sitter, and I remember trying to, to bait her, and it didn't quite go all the way, but she, you know, it, it did to the point where I would stand in the backyard, and she would look at me from the window, and I would jerk off in my backyard, you know, so they wow. were definitely, it, it would get more and mm-hmm. more, more and more brazen, uh, risky, and, and everything, so I think had, had I not been found out at home, I, I do think that eventually the actions would have, um, would have caused me to have gotten in some it, it, serious form of trouble. I mean, I still can't believe, I mean, one I think I mentioned to you at one point I was, I was on a flight on Southwest and I was flirting with a woman in line. So and, oh, and we, yeah. we get on the plane to fly yeah. back to where I live and we're, we're, we're just talking in line and we, yeah. we sit down and I'm at the window. She's in the aisle seat and no sooner than we level off, she grabs a magazine out of the uh, the rack in front of me and she goes, don't you want to read this? Puts the tray table down and, and in front of me, puts the magazine on it. Well, next thing I know her hands on my thigh and she's, and she's starting to run my cross. Wow. I, mean, I immediately, you know, like, heck, yeah, I pull it out and, you know, she jerks me under the, under the tray table and I'm going, can you imagine if I had gotten caught, you know, when we, when we yeah. arrived back home, my wife was coming to the airport to pick me up and would have had to have picked me up at the police station or whatever, and I would have had to have explained this, and it, or I could have been, there are plenty of times that I could have been fired had people found me doing this stuff at work. Yeah. So while well, don't don't get me wrong, the, the, the thrill was fun, the, the actions were you know, were exciting and you know and definitely, you know, obviously your 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 listeners would, would love the, the the stories of and think that hey those are those are cool. I said, Well yeah, if you're a single if you're a single or yeah. a person in an open relationship, yeah, they're great. But somebody in, right. in my in my state it's not. Um, you know, it's funny because I have been with friends that they've had open relationships and I've you know, kind of jumped and say, Hey, well, since you guys are in an open relationship, I'll, I'll help, you know, I'll, I'll jump in. None of them have yeah. lasted. Every, everyone that I've known in personally, it's been in an open relationship. The relationship yeah. has broken apart and, and it's moved on. Uh-huh. So, so it's one of those things where I think I knew, knew deep down that this was a, uh, this was a tragedy waiting to occur.
0: Yeah, and I, I do believe, and I've said this many times, that especially to guys that are like, One chapter before getting caught, you know, like where you're at, where you're doing something and you're feeling really guilty about it. I'm like, listen, the part of you that feels guilty, the part of you that knows it's wrong, subconsciously is going to right this wrong by whatever you know, way it can. So you are heading for a fall. So either do it with your head up high and, you know, go get the help you need, or it's going to be done for you. But on some level you brought yourself to that. You know, it's a subconscious thing. It's very different than the person that's doing it. and doesn't feel a fucking thing about it. Those people could go mm-hmm. on their whole lives, you know, but when you do have that confliction And in a weird way, I have to say, as an addict who got sober myself, I mean, you're lucky you had that. That part of you saved you. And you're lucky, like you said, that it happened, you know... in that you didn't get busted. I mean, you did get caught and your wife was collateral damage. And like, you know, if I was talking to her, it's, uh, she wasn't lucky at all. I get that. But you know, in a weird way you were saved, you know, but I do believe that you brought that on yourself on some level because you had had enough. There was some part of you that had enough. The part of you that knew it was wrong. The part of you that didn't want to feel guilty, that part of you, one, and I like I said before, I do believe that you're lucky because you were saved. You know, you got out of that sort of because that all that is is like, you know, the mouse on the wheel. You're just chasing the fucking dragon and you're never gonna get what you want because all you're doing is running away from all this pain and, and you're hurting everybody. Like all those all those relationships and the dust and all that stuff that you're doing. You know, and and, and you're just hurting yourself too, because all that acting out is you just not even being kind to yourself you know so having that all come up and out I mean I would assume after you got busted you got into therapy and you started to really unpack the stuff that happened to you when you were younger did you always remember yeah
2: yeah I I always did
0: I mean how did you go to family functions with your brother Um, and sister you know I,
2: I would go and we're not, we're not very close mm-hmm. and we all, we all live in different places. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't, Yeah. I don't remember the last time we were all together. I think the last time we were all together was my, my niece got married and gosh, she's, she's got yeah two kids now. She's been married six years maybe. So that was the last time we were all together. Mm-hmm. And if I speak to either of them more than maybe twice, three times a year, it would be a lot.
0: Of course. I mean, I, I would assume that it would be so uncomfortable for you to be in their presence.
2: Yeah, it, it, it is. And the thing is they've never once brought it up. They've never once apologized. I don't think they've ever dealt with whatever issues were, were their own that led them in that direction. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and, and I mm-hmm. you know, they they don't know what I've been through. Uh, in fact, my when I first got to 10 years ago when this first found out, I let my parents in a little bit on what was going. You know, they didn't know much. They knew I got busted being involved with somebody and that was it. But then I was, yeah. you know, I had gone. We'd gone into therapy. We reconciled. And then it was years later when I, I truly relapsed and, and began again. And my wife found out. Uh-huh. And at that point in time things got really really dark I had um, I had completely hit rock bottom this was probably about this this was about the four years ago now to the point where I was yeah I, I had to be evaluated um, at a mental institution for failure to failure to cope um, I was, mm-hmm. there, there was a debating on whether I was a, a suicide risk, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. and rightfully, and rightfully so. Yeah. Well, that, that's when I, I brought yeah. my parents on board. I said, I don't, cause I don't have a lot of friends. I really don't, don't have any, I mean, I don't have people I call and go hang out with. Yeah, I don't have that, that social support network. Yeah. So I, I remember calling uh-huh. with my wife, we sat on the couch and we called my parents that night and that was the first time. So here they are hearing their their forty-year-old son tell wow. them that he was sexually abused as a child, and they had no
0: by their own by their own children.
2: Well, no, 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 no. I never told them who, no. and to this and oh, to this okay. day they won't. And and that's I I can't. I just I don't feel that I can put that kind of hurt on them. Not at not at their age. Not at the twilight years of their life i understand um, i
0: understand yeah that that's hard i I totally get that that. i will
2: keep with me but um but yeah so they they had to i had to read them in if you will i had to to bring them on board to what was going on and and they've they've been really good they've been a support i actually i talk to them daily um i uh i've gone through you know a couple of different therapists to kind of level out where i am I, i did some uh what they call a EMDR therapy. It's a a, a trauma trauma. That
0: uh-huh. was actually was that, that was really really good.
2: Yeah. I re- I I really recommend know, yeah. that. In fact, I recommended that to somebody a couple of days ago for for some trauma, uh-huh. and they had never heard of it. And, and I uh-huh. gave them a number, and they're looking into it now. But it really is a uh-huh. uh, it was a, it's a great program to to do. And um, so I I went through uh, a specialized sexual addiction counselor. And, and then I, I've worked uh-huh. with some trauma counselors you know I also have some some PTSD from from my uh, my profession and and lot uh, in and life as, a, as an adult so that kind of helped as well and um, you know it was it kind of kind of geared everything down And now I have a uh, I, I have a weekly therapist that I talk to I have um, you know I, mm-hmm. I have some other some other support I have unique, you know some some people who have really unique positions in, in their their lives that excel at helping people and and so it's really it's not a lot but I found my niche and I found what I need to do you know I, like I said but at the end I, I you know it's it's a it's a struggle that you know as yourself well know that um you got to keep at bay every day you know some days are better than others but uh but you do you do what you got to do
0: yeah and I just think that uh I mean it's like we're, I mean, I don't know what happened to your brother and your sister too, but when you were dealt, you know, cause like maybe your brother acted out because of what your sister did, you know, like what, what's mm-hmm. the chicken or the egg, like which came first. And then like, what happened to your sister that she did that to you, you know? So who knows right. what their story really is or what they're dealing with, you know? And not to say that, oh, no. that that's no. not an excuse, you know, but my whole point is that like, you know, you're dealt this hand of cards and what you do with it, you know, uh, is, is tough. And when you are, it's like, it it just goes to show that these things like affect your whole life. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's your whole life. You've had to deal with this and it's now that you're really doing the work when you were acting out, it was just, you know, and, but that's like to be, Expected, you know, and so many people are still in that phase of it. Like I said, I do believe you are one of the lucky ones that you were able to come clean and put it on the table and say, you know what, like I'm done doing that, and now I'm gonna try to undo what was done, you know, and maybe you're never going to totally you know, and there's always going to be something there for the rest of your life, but you started to work on it and that's amazing.
2: Well, I I appreciate that. And I, and I think you're, you're exactly right. I, um, you know, I, it it is not lost on me how things have turned out um, for me. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that I have to uh, continue to, to do what I do because I need to, I need to earn my My luck, if you will, I need to earn the the good fortune you know that uh, that has turned my way
0: uh-huh um,
2: right exactly stay yeah. sober and, and, and if it means yeah, as I go along i I help somebody else you know uh, correct their wrongs or set them on a the the path that they need to do then then so be it. I mean, people have talked to me that say I should do some sort of you know, I, I should help. I should be a, you know, but, the fun, yeah. but the funny thing is For I don't sure. feel that I, I have a right to do that. I, I, I feel that you know, people say, Hey, you should tell your story. You should help out these people that have an issue. And I feel like I can't do that. I feel like such a fraud when, uh, when they tell me, Why? I, I don't know. I'm like, who am I to give advice to somebody when I was probably worse than they were? I, I, I struggle with that, and I don't. I don't know how to get over that.
0: Yeah. you. I think that's just a part of your journey, but eventually you might be able to come out on the other side. I mean, as a person that went through a lot of like really bad stuff and was an addict in my own way and like, you know, I'm 17 years, like 18, 17, I don't even know at this point, but like it, it really takes time. Like if I think of like where I was at in four years compared to where I am now and I could really talk on it and I feel like I could really help someone on addiction and stuff, but you become much more professional down the line. I think it's just still too new With yourself. So I understand that, but that doesn't mean that two years from now you're going to feel very different and you will feel like you're helping people. Maybe you still need to just be there for yourself and you still need most of yourself to be helping yourself. But eventually, when you really feel your feet under the ground and that you really have a fucking grip, you know, and that might be five years from now, it does take a long time. Like every year, you will just feel so much better, you know, but over time, I do think you'll probably get to that place where you will be able to be like okay you know what i do have this thing under control and i can go now help others and you will you know but maybe right now it's not the time but you mm-hmm. are you know what i mean being on the show people are going fi- to i love episodes like this like i know that my audience a lot of time is looking for this sex stuff but this kind of stuff is like my favorite stuff i was actually thinking of creating another podcast where it's more clean and i just do the stuff that i really love just talking to people about the regular problems and having these kinds of conversations because i love them you know because i i really started my show Mm because i like to help people and you know i believe that you will be helping people uh because the right people will find this episode. You're not just helping people like you. You're helping the woman who maybe is searching for, to hear, you know, from the guy's perspective, who's cheating, like why they do that, right? Because a lot of times, like... You know, someone doesn't understand that. Right. Like here you are a guy like what would you say to the woman who's listening to this that just found out that her husband is like you and thinks, oh, my God, he doesn't love me. Oh, my God, he I wasn't good enough for him. Oh, you know, I I feel like your words to that person could also help, too, because I believe that they're probably you know, why don't you speak? To that too, like did, it had nothing to do with your wife, right? And I think no, people like don't understand said, I mean, that.
2: If, if, if that woman asked me asked me that question, say you know we were you know opening it up, and she said you know hey he did that, my my first thing to her I said you know, I would tell her I said, you did nothing wrong. This has nothing to do with you as yeah. an individual. This has nothing to do with your your either your sexual abilities, experience, inexperience. This has nothing to yeah. do with you your your husband your boyfriend yeah. whoever this was has something that they need to work through whether they have an addiction whether yeah. they had a, a history of abuse whether they're searching for something maybe they you know it's cliche as it sounds maybe they they have a failure you know, or inability to commit whatever it is i said but this has nothing to do with you as a woman as a woman you have done nothing wrong but then you know been attentive and you know been uh you know attractive and and welcoming to him you know with with your with your body and your in your person so don't ever feel that you were the cause and and while you may feel and rightfully so that you have been been a a victim in this and that you have been hurt by it and you have and i you know and and i wish that this did not happen to you do know that every day it will get better and you are not the cause if anything you're going to be you're going to be the solution to somebody else's lot in life, somebody else's struggle, somebody else's desire to find somebody welcoming.
0: And now is that how, has your wife been in therapy? Like how, how did she get past all this?
2: She, no, she, she hates therapy. In fact, I had to, I had, I I had to concede (laughs) a lot to, uh, to get her to go to marriage counseling. In fact, I had, I had to uh, I'll be honest, I had to sign a, an agreement to get her to go. Um, but um no, she she has her family, she has her friends and, and as Cliche again, I hate to say it as this is gonna sound. She she has her faith. She is a uh, she is what we call a cradle yeah. Catholic. She was she was I think uh-huh. she was born that way and, and will die that way. And she firmly believes that you know, you don't give up. You know, you don't give up on loving, you don't give up on people. And 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 honestly, right. I, it's that that in itself, um, I I think probably saved and did more for me than than even some of the therapy. Yeah, yeah even even indirectly. It, uh, it's yeah, for there. sure.
0: Yeah, you're very lucky. You met the the perfect person for you because that's what you needed. You needed. To, an unconditional kind of Mm -hmm. relationship for yourself, you know, and you needed that because I'm sure that really helped, you know, I, I I think, and not to say that another woman leaving you wouldn't have been right for Mm -hmm. her. Right. But for you, that would have been such another, (laughs) you know, blow to your life that you were very lucky in this situation to have been with her, that she has that faith that, you know, is, you know, made her stay and gave you that validation. Like no matter what, I'm here for you because that little boy needed that because you didn't have anybody there for you at that time when you were younger. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you really did meet the perfect partner. I feel, you know, wives or partners of people with addictions. I think it's always hard because you think, Oh, like that person doesn't love me. But when there's addiction going on or like these, it will always Mm -hmm. be number one. It always comes before and has nothing to do with the person. And that's just the way that it is, you know. But I think it's very hard to understand that if you're not the addict. Like I said, I do think that down the line, you will probably get to a point where you will be helping others, but you're helping people even now. Like you said, when I gave that person the MDR therapy information, you know, those little things that you're doing now, you're helping people by talking about it, by being open and by giving the story on my show, you're helping people too. Yeah, that's all I can do. Um, so thanks so much for calling in, you you know, and uh, telling your story. Thank you. All right, thanks so much. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube